one goes out to all the creative dreamers out there and to those who are learning to make magic with their lives. It feels like a good time now to do some internal feng shui, to move the furniture around a bit on the inside and to maybe even get a little bit poetic about it. And so I ask that you please indulge me this moment of weirdness and maybe even get into it with me. Let's be weird. Let's be corny. Let's be happy, hippy, dippy together. <laughs> what the hell? Why not? And if this speaks to you, what I'm about to say, then I am speaking it for you. For us. This is our time to step more fully into our true potential and finally, at last, start kicking some ass. <laughs> Don't think, just listen. I now allow myself to heal and transform the belief that if I let myself enjoy, love, and receive it too completely, it will get taken away. I now allow myself to heal and transform the belief that if I want it too much, it will hurt more than I can stand if it doesn't happen. I now allow myself to heal and transform the belief that I am safe when I hide from life. I now allow myself to heal and transform the belief that if I truly put myself out there creatively, I will not be able to handle the intensity of other people's attention or the lack thereof it. I now allow myself to heal and transform the belief that to fully invest my energy and time in a dream is to set myself up for the heartbreak and humiliation of failure. I know these beliefs are not serving me and I am learning that beliefs are not facts and can be changed. I am now willing to believe that I can handle whatever life brings my way. I let life flow through me and for me without resistance. I love to let it surprise me because it's fun to tap into life's playfulness. I am learning to play with it because life is more of a pleasure when I do. I am willing to believe that life's challenges have the potential to both make me stronger and softer. I am learning to let life strengthen my character and soften my heart in unexpected ways because life feels sweeter when I do. I am willing to receive the gifts I have already been given. I am learning that to receive my gifts, I must give them away because life loves it when I let it live through me that way. Change your heart, change your mind, change the way I do the things, and the things will change in kind. Be kind and open to receive, because magic is for those who believe. Hippie Witch Season 4. Hippie Witch Season 4. Yeah. Love it.
Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 500! Episode 500 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe and I am the groovy creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit. And you can pick a big copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com where you will also find the show notes for this episode. Will there be show notes for this episode? There will at least be a link to the patron of the month. She has nothing to promote. She's just a really groovy, witchy mama that I wanted to bring on the show because I feel like sometimes groovy witchy mamas need to hear from each other. And I will link to her. I believe her social media is private, but if you listen to this and you're feeling connected and you're like, I like her, I would like to connect with her, I think you can follow her on Instagram and if she approves your follow, you're in, you're in. (laughs) It's funny, I feel like it's time to transition to season six already because just listening now to the season five theme song, which I have never been comfortable with, it always makes me feel so goofy, so goofy, but I decided to go with it. I feel like it's time though to transition out of it because I can hear the space heater ticking in the background on the recording. And today, March 31st, 2021, it is 90, 90 degrees in Los Angeles. Why? Why? Why would it be 90 degrees in March? Hmm, I don't know. But even the sound of the space heater makes me a little bit uncomfortable at this point. And so, yeah, we might just move on. I'm starting to feel hopeful that things will slowly, slowly, two steps forward, one step back start going back to some semblance of normality. And I thank you all for bearing with the very sporadic nature of this podcast. I promise you, I will be doing more interviews and posting more often once my kid goes back to his usual programs, but that could still be for a while. So it's just gonna be kind of hit or miss around here in terms of how much time I have because I am very dedicated to posting at least once a week over on Patreon. And that's how we got to 500 episodes because I post a lot over there, videos and podcasts and whatnot. And, you know, those are the people that support me, even the people that pay a dollar a month. They are supporting the kid and I because they wanna see us survive and thrive and they enjoy the community. And so I prioritize that. I love those people and so, That is something that I will not screw up. But I also, you know, once I lost my, once I lost my hustle in the year of groovy 2020, the word was groovy. And by the fall of that year, I really did lose my hustle. And I decided I am not going to push past my energetic limits anymore. I've done that my entire life, running on fumes, running anxiously toward what, I don't even know. Just always doing more and pushing, pushing, pushing. And people reward you for this. 
you get comments like, I don't know how you do it all. And they're said in a very admiring way. Oh, you're a machine or, oh my gosh, you're so prolific or, you know, that is rewarding, but it's not worth your health. It's not worth the discomfort. So I'm just going to do what I can do with the energy I have and see how it goes. I do have a bunch of interviews that I would like to do and share with you. I have to reach out to some people. Some people have reached out to me, but we'll see. We'll see. We're still going with the flow and keeping it groovy. I heard something today that I loved. Flow motion. Flow motion. So instead of slow motion, you're moving in flow motion. You're going with the flow because it's all groovy, man, groovy. And if it seems like I've gotten weirder over time, that's because I have. <laughs> and that is also Patreon's fault in part because... Once people jump over a paywall to hang out with you, it's just easier to let your hair down. And I've gotten to know these people over the years. And I've just developed this kind of casual, personal style. I guess I did that here also. But Patreon makes me feel a little bit more brave. And then I know those people are listening to this podcast too. And I don't want to be a phony. You got to show up how you show up across the board. Keep it real. So it's encouraged me to be more creative and silly and weird and let the people who resonate with that resonate with it. And the people who don't can go resonate on out the door and on to something that feels better to them. And I guess since I've already brought up Patreon here, I should say an extra special thank you to all the nice people who support the show over on Patreon, but also a very welcoming, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you to Stephanie. Is this the second time I have thanked you, Stephanie? You wrote me such a nice personal introduction. I feel like maybe you deserve two welcome thank yous. <laughs> so thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Eleanor, Kim, Karen, and Michael. Hello again. Christina, hello again. Thank you, return patrons. That feels good too. That feels that feels like love. Thank you, thank you. And also we've decided, we, I decided, I proposed the idea and got some affirmative answers. We are going to be changing the Witchy Writers Journey podcast tier. We're going to be changing that over in April to the creatives tier. So that is just more inclusive. And I'm going to be sharing lots of tips and little motivational thingamabobs for those of you who are walking a creative path spiritually, professionally, as a hobby on the weekends. Wink, wink, purple hearts to you, Todd and B of Whimsical Weekend. And that thing that I read to you, did you know that I was reading? That thing that I read to you at the beginning of this episode was just one of my processes. I have a lot of journal processes and I typically share them on Patreon. But I was like, you know, I should share this with more people because it's fun to share. And you all are so nice to tune into the podcast. So it feels only right that I should also be a little bit vulnerable with you and share what actually works for me. Getting cheesy like that, getting down with scripting and positive affirmations and statements of intention, that, 
That stuff has power if you really invest in the process. If you really go there, if you really connect to the words, to what you're saying, and you allow yourself to feel it, and then more importantly, to mean it. You'll notice some of the language that I used was, I am learning to, I am willing to. I love to say I am willing to because I am activating my solar plexus. I am activating my willpower when I say I am willing to whatever. I am willing to grow. I am willing to experience this. And learning to, if I frame a positive affirmation that way, I am learning to blah, 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 blah. It often feels more true to me than if I try to say something that is not true that I want to be true. Because there's always that part in the back of your mind that's like, this is bullshit. You do not have $10 million in the bank. You can affirm I have $10 million in the bank all you want, but we aren't buying it, lady. So if you find yourself in a situation like that, you want to reframe it that I am willing to learn how to be the kind of person who has $10 million in the bank. I am willing to learn what it takes to have $10 million in the bank. I am willing to let life show me what it feels like to have $10 million in the bank. You start playing around with it like that. And I often find myself backing off because even just sharing that, I was sharing a really exaggerated, melodramatic affirmation for something huge with no real personal meaning behind it. I just grabbed that one out of the air. But even just saying it, I'm like, do I want to know what it feels like to have $10 million in the bank? Do I even want to know what I would have to do? Would I like it? I don't know. Getting underneath the affirmation like that can be really helpful. And then also the word because, especially if you're working with gratitude, it's always going to be more powerful if you add a because and you mean it. I am grateful for XYZ because it allows me to do this or because it makes me feel this way. When you hitch the reason to it, it becomes a more powerful source of fuel. So I just wanted to get a little woo, a little new agey, preachy, hippie, witchy, you can do it, woo, 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 to celebrate 500 episodes of the podcast and beyond. I have created many podcasts that I did not count in that number, so I'm feeling like celebrating that and doing it my way, in my own weird little way. And part of doing it my own weird little way is to bring on Alicia and ask her about her life as a witchy woman who is currently in the process of young motherhood. What is that like? How does she find time to witch it up? What does she do when she witches it up? And I think for me, the overall message of this is be where you are in your life while you are there because time goes by fast and each moment of your life will not last forever. It's precious and nothing teaches you that better than little kids. They grow so quickly and not just physically, they grow out of these phases that are so cute and adorable and they change as people and they evolve. And before you know it, 
you've got empty nest syndrome. So it's, it's a great message to just stay really present to where you are in your life and trust that if there's more you want to do than what you are currently doing, that there will be time for that, that everything has a season and that the best way to appreciate the next season is to fully embody into the season you are in now. So without any further ado, here she is, Alicia. My house is so dusty and my dad is coming over. <laughs> he hasn't been here for a year because of the pandemic. And, yes. um, and then, so I'm going around like straightening up and I'm like, everything is covered in a hermity layer of dust. And so now mm -hmm. I can't breathe properly. <laughs> <laughs> Currently in my office right now, which is going through a revamp. And so there's just clutter everywhere because I'm like, you know, things have to get worse before they get better when you're like revamping a room, you know? Oh my gosh, yes. I think maybe that's a lesson for life. Yes. Yeah, it totally is. It totally is. Like things always get a little bit worse before you can put it all back together the way that you want it to. Okay, so that's probably going to be the opening. I feel like that's a good little <laughs> clip right there. I hate when the interview starts before the interview, and that was good. So I might, I might grab that out. Okay, hello, Alicia. Welcome to Hippie Witch. Hey, Joanna. I'm so excited to be here connecting with you today. It's so funny to say welcome to Hippie Witch to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've been hanging out with you since 2014 is no when way. I discovered... Yeah, that's when I first discovered your podcast. 2013 is actually when I first discovered that you could be a real life witch oh and not God. just think about it and listen to it in pop culture or watch it in pop culture. So yeah, 2013 is when I discovered witchcraft and 2014 is when I discovered your podcast. The first podcast I ever listened to, by the way. Oh my gosh, I feel so honored. <laughs> I feel so honored. I think this will be really fun today because we don't really have an agenda. You're not here to promote anything. I just mm -hmm. thought you are one of the coolest witchy mamas I know. You're super friendly and easy to talk to. And I thought the cool witchy mamas that listen to the podcast, they deserve to have one of their own on the show. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much for saying that. And yes, I don't, I definitely agree with you. I think that there are probably witches listening to your podcast that are moms and not really trying to promote themselves in any way. So yeah, so it'll many. be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. And I think, you know, being a mom, particularly when you have little kids like you do, you have two little ones that are so cute. Thank you. <laughs> it's actually like a career. It's your full-time job. And we don't really have systems in our culture that honor that. And so that's what we're doing today. We're honoring the parents, I should say, the hands-on parents that do the day-to-day. Yes. -day. Yeah, because, you know, it's not just moms, you know, there's moms, dads. Parenthood is a full-time job. Even if you have a full-time job on the side, parenthood is still a full-time job. And I just happen to be a stay-at-home mom. So it is my full-time job to be a homemaker, to be a full-time mom with my kiddos, I have a three-year-old daughter, Aurora, and a one-and-a-half-year-old son uh, named Jude, and they're definitely a handful, <laughs> but it's a fun, a fun type of handful, and I've had to 
through motherhood, I've had to learn, relearn, I guess, myself and how to be in the world and how to also hone my creative side because I've always had a creative side in school. When I left school, that was a constant. And then when I became a mom, it was like, crickets (laughs) (laughs) crickets for my creativity I had to relearn after having my son how to be myself again and how to honor that creative part in myself and I definitely attribute some of my success to you for sure and our community over on discord through patreon they are a bunch of supportive witches. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so much. So yeah. supportive. And I'm so honored and blessed to have that community because it really makes a huge difference in my life. Yeah, it's interesting. I like to highlight that because I think there's this impression of what the community, whatever, the witchy community is like. If you just look at like social media. It's like witch wars and people like doing hot takes and calling out each other. And it's just, it seems like there's a lot of fighting, but it's so not like that. I don't know what that is. That's some sort of theater of the social media. But when you dip into a community that you love and click with, I have found that the people are amazing. Yes. Yeah. And I think maybe I'm a little bit sheltered from whatever you're talking about, because I don't know anything about that. And that's probably because I don't really hang out on social media too much. I try to stay off of social media because I think of it as a time suck. So my witchy community is hippie witch. It's the hippie witch community on discord. And through that, one of our discord Patreon members also created her own discord, her own Patreon. That's just strictly for divination. So I connect over there and, you know, it kind of branched out from, from just hippie, witch to there's a larger community here. Shout her out. Savannah, Savannah. She has her own discord. uh, I'm sorry, her own Patreon, which includes her discord community where she is so amazing. She, I'm pretty sure she's also a stay-at-home mom to, I think she has three kids. <laughs> you, two, you two remind me a little bit of each other. There's something I know, that- you said that one time too. And I definitely, I could, I could totally see it because we're doing a lot of the same things. And I often get ideas from her. She's so inspiring because I think she's homeschooling. She has this amazing planner when when you guys did the planner nerd video uh meetup over on discord i didn't get to join but i watched the replay and her planners for her homeschool she has like different ones and she's just so organized and i'm like yes that's what that's where i want to be i'm just learning that right now i'm learning how to be a little bit more organized so that and a little bit more structured i'm also going into my Saturn return. I'm, I just went into my Saturn return. I'm going to be 29 years old this year. <laughs> so I'm, I feel that Saturnian energy that's been popping up since actually it started um, last year when we saw Saturn go into Aquarius just for a bit and then it retrograded back into Capricorn. But when when that happened, I felt this need to revamp all of my structures, revamp all of my routines and get myself to a point where 
I'm creating space throughout the day that is devoted to myself and to my creativity. So what that looked like was I'm a night owl. <laughs> I've always been a night owl. I'm always, I'm one to stay up very late at night and then sleep in. That's been me since as long as I can remember. I always hated getting up for school because uh, it was way too early for me and I would be up until like 1 a.m. <laughs> listening to music or something in, in high school. But I had to really relearn how to, well, I guess not relearn. I had, I just had to learn. <laughs> I had to learn how to be a morning person. And that is what the pandemic has done for me. Really getting my structures and my routines in a line so that I could get up way earlier than my kids get up so that I can have uninterrupted me time in the morning. I do morning pages and I pull like a daily oracle or tarot card, whatever I'm feeling that day. And I drink my morning brew and I just kind of make that space for myself in the morning. And it has made such a difference in my life instead of, you know, just waking up when the kids wake up and okay, it's hustle, hustle, hustle. <laughs> as yes, soon as yes. I open my eyes, there's no time to just take a deep breath. <laughs> That's such a great tip for moms because yes. you know what we are saying about it's it's a career, it's a job. And yes. I think, gosh, I have to do that. I have to get up super early because I need to have my life. My life needs to feel like my life, I think is what yes. it is. And I'm a yes. very creative person. It's how I see myself. So having that moment to myself, I, I end up ninja walking like around the house, trying to be really, really quiet and not let the floorboards creak because I, I, I don't want to accidentally like wake my kid up and then, then it's over. So I have all these little funny systems I've developed over time to try to like protect, oh, yeah. protect the quiet. Yeah, that is so, that's so true. I wonder if everyone does that because <laughs> you have to. I have one dog and one cat. So when I wake up in the morning, I will make, I will make the dog, I'll take her collar off so she doesn't jingle. I'm like, Shh, let's go downstairs <laughs> and she's like she tiptoes it's so funny because she knows like be really quiet in the morning and I make her come downstairs with me because I don't she, if I leave my bedroom she'll go into the kids room and jump up on my daughter's bed and make noise and then they're both awake and I'm like oh that time to myself this morning so now she comes down with me the cat comes down with me that's awesome it's, it's so quiet upstairs and like sleep for as long as possible okay sleep gods yeah let yeah. them sleep <laughs> okay so now we have new audio so if anybody notices a little jump in the sound that's what it was but I have a thought in my head that I was holding on to while we were trying to fix okay. the audio is motherhood and how motherhood interrupts or we feel like it interrupts our creative flow. I definitely had that feeling. I loved mm -hmm. being a mom, but I had that feeling that I was losing myself creatively. And it's kind of ironic yes. because when you think about it, motherhood is the ultimate creation. It might be the whole point for being here <laughs> just to keep yes. going. Like you literally created two humans. Yes. I think that that is the case that 
it does kind of kink our flow a little bit. But I think that it only does that because we're learning how to be in the world with this new creation. And it's not going to be overnight that we find what works for us. And because our children are ever changing, just like, just as we are and growing, we're always going to have to be revamping those routines, revamping those schedules, revamping what works for us and what doesn't work for us in our families. And just trying to make the best out of every single day. And every single day is going to be different because we're always changing. We're always growing. And that's the same for our children. And I think at first for me, especially that was definitely the case that it hindered my creativity. I actually felt this lack, like, like I didn't have that creative side of me anymore. And I'm, I'm such a book nerd Mm. And I got to say for the first two years of being a mom, the first two years of my daughter's life, I think I read maybe five books in two years. And for me, that's very little. (laughs) I mean, I normally read, I try to read anywhere from 25 to 50 books in a year. That's always like been my goal. I had to relearn how to set time for me to read. <laughs> oh my gosh, and, yeah, this is, you read on a Kindle, right? Yeah, well, well, I, so I asked for a Kindle for Christmas, not this past year, the year before, because I am a nursing mom. So when I'm nursing my son, I'm usually, when I, when I was nursing my daughter, I mean, I was usually scrolling on my phone or reading on my phone or doing things on my phone that were time sucks. And that weren't, I guess they weren't furthering me in any way. The, the time that was spent on my phone. So when I asked for a Kindle after my son was born, I started using it nonstop. It's a Kindle paper white. And so even if it's dark in the room, I can put it like on a dark mode. So it's not very bright Um, but that I can still read it and I can make, I can make the font a little bit bigger if I need to. And it just, it changed my whole life. I have got to admit that it changed my whole life. And I would much rather read paper books, but for now to have that space to read the way that I want to read, I will read on a Kindle all day. (laughs) So I actually last year, I set a goal for myself, 2020. So I would have gotten this Kindle at the end of 2019. So in 2020, I set a goal for myself of, I wanted to read 52 books. So one book a week. And I surpassed that goal. I ended up reading like something like 85. And I mean, they're not all, you know, huge full length novels. Some of them were Priory of the Orange Street. Was that this oh, year? No, book. that was last year. Last summer. That book is, I never finished. I keep thinking I'm going to, I know I'm going to finish it because I actually really loved it, but I couldn't do uh, it with you all. I'm actually glad that I got it on Kindle because I looked at your book and I'm like, where would I even put that? I have too many books on my book. I don't even have room on my bookshelves to put a book back I in. do. I love, I love big books. I like big books and I can't, I, I'm, not t- I'm not kidding. I hold that thing in my hand and I'm like, 
the power. <laughs> yes. No, I definitely feel that. I love, I love the feeling of having it in my hands, but this is just what works for me right now. And I did, and I did read some paper books. It wasn't all Kindle, but the majority of them were on my Kindle because I could read them hands-free while I'm nursing in the dark <laughs> without having a huge light source shining on my kid. Yeah. So oh, yeah, that just... must be good. That's good for the baby too, probably. Yeah. It's through talking to you about books that I started thinking, oh, she's a writer because you have such comprehension around what makes a story work and what doesn't. And you pick out little details that are so interesting. I'm like, I think this mama, this witchy mama is going to be a witchy mama <laughs> writer at some point. Yes. I mean, I have always been a writer. I wrote, I used to write a lot of poetry uh, in school and I took, I only went to college for one year, but I went for um, literature and psychology. And, you know, I kind of fell out of the habit of writing through my early 20s because those were my party years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that a lot of people have that experience. And it was through that experience that I feel like I lost myself. And then through motherhood, I felt like a determination to find myself again. So I wouldn't even say that I lost myself through motherhood. It was more, I lost myself in my early twenties when I was being what I thought was a badass, yeah. <laughs> but it, it was just bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny too there are a long 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 millions and millions of years ago I was studying method acting and I read all these books by old dead Russians on method acting because Russians invented it and I took every word of these books as gospel like this was the way and one of the books talked about I think she was called the creature but this girl goes in and wants to learn method acting and the teacher sends her away and is like, go live your life, have a life, have some experiences. You got nothing to offer right now. And I was young, very, very young when I read that. And I was so offended. <laughs> I was like, it just seemed like, no, what are you talking about? I want to learn now. And I had to go through a lot of different phases, the party phase, being a mom, losing yourself to find yourself, to find my way back to yes. be creative all the time. But I bring something different to it now because I have that perspective because I have those wild nights, you know, being yeah, no, for sure. Wild. And I think maybe that's just all going to go into no, I'm so glad that I had the, that, the, that time in my life because I know a lot of, a lot of my friends from school or a lot of people that I know are having kids now and they're not through their party phase. So they're, leaving their kids with their parents or whatever to go out and party. And for me, that's, well, I don't really have anyone to leave my kids with anyway, but, but um, <laughs> even if I did, I, I wouldn't want to be that person. That's something that in my childhood was traumatic for me was my, my parents were both drug addicts and alcoholics and were very, detached from my childhood. I lived with my grandparents for a lot of my childhood and I 
just knew that when I became a mom, that was something that I would do differently. So as soon as I found out that I was pregnant, I was like, alcohol, what's that? Oh, you know, it's interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that about your past because you are such a nurturing mom and, you know, doing the nursing with your children and, and really living your life. I think as I think maybe that ideal we all have, a, a really present mother whose day is, you know, you're a homemaker and a mother. And I know there's a lot of moms like that out there doing it. And it's not easy. It's a commitment, but it's also a really great joy. And I love that part of your life that you share that kind of first. It's kind of what I think of you first. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's growing up with a traumatic childhood can leave you one of two ways. You can go completely against the grain that you were raised in, or you can fall into line with the patterns that you saw when you were growing up. And there was a time in my life, in my early 20s, when I did kind of fall into that pattern. And I know a lot of people who did have challenging childhoods who are now finding themselves going and doing the same things that their parents did that they said, I would never do that. I will never do that when I'm, you know, when I'm out of here, I'll never do that. And they go and they fall into that same, it's like what you do, what you know, right? And it's definitely a huge I think calling for some people, but just a huge undertaking to break a family pattern like that. Yes. And it's work. I'm still working at it. Even though, you know, I, as soon as I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, I maybe, you know, have a glass of wine once or twice a year now, you know, and that's the extent to my partying. Something I wanted to ask you about is you've been finding time to study magic. And I know you just got your Reiki. Tell me, tell me the the proper terminology. Yeah, sure. So actually, yeah, that's great. Thank you for bringing me here. Cause this is something that I wanted to talk about in September of 2020. I took my first degree Reiki course and was initiated into Reiki by a local Reiki master who I've known for actually a very long time. I used to be friends with her son and she opened up this, oh my goodness, it is so cute. It is something that I live in a small rural town in Pennsylvania seriously one traffic light town. Wow. <laughs> we don't we don't have very many new AG things around here, shops or anything, but this woman, she opened up this center. It's called the Inner Peace and Wellness Center, and she offers everything from meditation classes, yoga classes, but also they have like a, a sauna. They do massage out of there. They have full moon meditations, crystal bowl healing, sound healing meditations um, that I've I've gone to quite a few and they're so powerful. (laughs) And I happened to, it was the first thing that I did after the pandemic hit that I went out and actually did something. But I, I got an email about a class that a local psychic was teaching 
how to connect with your spirit guide. And it was $30. It was on a Sunday. My husband's home on the weekends. I'm like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so, so I went and I, t- and I, I spent a lot of time after the class talking with the owner and catching up with her. And she was like, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing a Reiki workshop. I haven't done one since the pandemic hit. And I think that you would be perfect. And I've got to say that I've had Reiki done one time ever. And I felt like I didn't feel anything and it wasn't anything like, I was like, Oh, this was nice. (laughs) Thank you. And I was like, okay, like Reiki, do I want to do Reiki? Is it, do I believe in Reiki? Like what is coming up for me right now? But the opportunity presented itself. It was a weekend course, Saturday and a Sunday, and I had the money for it. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it and see how I feel. You know, if I don't feel anything, then whatever. But it was still an experience. And it was an experience that I, I am carving out for myself. And that was, that was the biggest part for me was I'm carving this time out for myself. This is something for just me. So I did it. I was the only person in the class. It was just me and her, uh, which was really awesome. (laughs) It was really fun to just do like a one-on-one. We got to connect a lot more and I was so amazed that when she did these, so they do, she does four attunements throughout the course of the weekend for the first degree. So what the attunements are, she's opening up my crown chakra and my hand chakras so that I can be a channel for Reiki energy, or you can call it divine love, right? And it's very similar to what Christians will do when they lay hands on people. That's, it's totally this, it's the same exact thing. And I often think about, um, you, you told a story on your podcast once a while ago about when you laid hands on your son and it took me back to that. And I was like, she was, you, you don't have to be initiated into Reiki to do Reiki healing. You don't have to. What, what the attunements do though, is they open you up a little bit further and attune you to the sacred symbols that are used in the, in the Reiki method, the Yusui method. And I, when I opened up and I did, and I let myself do this, this class, The next, so they say after the attunements, you have about like a 21 day detox where stuff will come up, right? And you have to heal that stuff because these things are coming up for a reason. And through that, I did a lot of journaling and I, I went back to the time that I had Reiki done and I said, okay, yeah, I didn't feel anything at that moment, but then what happened afterwards? So I went, I had to go back and I had to look. What happened after that Reiki treatment? Okay, I was in a relationship that was very toxic with someone who I did not know very well. It was a very, you know, short-term thing. Just met the guy, you know, in a relationship. And I find out this person is not who they said they were. He was abusive physically, mentally. He was a drug addict. I had no idea. And this two months that we had this thing was a very, uh, 
crazy time in my life. So after this, I had this Reiki done was the time that I started seeing all of these things. I started seeing all these toxic behaviors and I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, That's and I would so actually, interesting, right. So I, after having my first degree, I went back and I saw all of these things that happened after I had that first Reiki treatment done on me. And I was like, wow, that was me breaking free of something. And the guy, the Reiki practitioner who, who did the Reiki on me, he said, you have a blockage in your throat chakra. And he said, do you feel like you aren't communicating something clearly? And at the time I was like, no, I don't feel that way. But now looking back at, on it, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I wasn't communicating my needs. I wasn't listening to myself. I wasn't listening to myself. I wasn't um, allowing myself to think, see things how they were and to speak up to that and be like, yo, dude, get out <laughs> because this is not what I need in my life. Right. And I ended up, you know, breaking off that relationship. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. A few months later, I met my now husband and he's amazing. Like he gives me, he works so hard. He does outside construction. He works so stinking hard to make sure that I can stay home with our kids so that we don't have to send them to daycare, especially during this pandemic, because I thought about it. I thought about going back to work through this pandemic because there was a time that he was laid off, but we had all of our ducks in a line so that we didn't have to resort to that. I got to stay home with my kids. I didn't have to send them to a daycare where they could be exposed to any of the virus or anything like that. I definitely feel like that shift in my life made a difference. So maybe it was the Reiki. Maybe it was just when things were going to happen, whatever it was, but so I, I did my first degree Reiki six months ago in September and she called me a couple of weeks ago and she said, Hey, I'm doing the second degree Reiki class. And I know you just got your first degree six months ago, but I felt called to, to tell you that I'm having this class and I would love for you to join. And I'm like, oh, I'm like going over it. It's a very big financial commitment. My husband was just laid off for the winter. We get very bad snow here. And since he's outdoor construction, he's working on roofs. He gets laid off when we do have heavy snows. And we had quite a few heavy snows over the last two months. And I, I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do that. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. And we, my husband just went back to work a couple of weeks ago and we're just kind of, you know, getting back on track. And I was going to tell her, no, you know, I don't think I'm going to do it this time. Hit me up for the next time. But then something opened up for me that I had, I magically a couple of days, <laughs> and I swear this is just magic at its, at its work, right? A couple of days, it was a Wednesday. So the class would have been on a Saturday. So the Wednesday I was going to call her and I was going to tell her, you know, no, I'm not going to do it this time. But something opened up financially for us where I could take this money and I could do it. And I talked to my husband. I'm like, do you think I should do it? And he's like, heck yes, you should do it. Why not? If this opened up, it's a sign. So she texted me later that day. Hey, I didn't hear back from you. 
are you still going to do it? And I'm like, I, you know, it's so funny. I was going to tell you, no, I wasn't going to do it, but I changed my mind and something opened up where I can do it. So I actually, last weekend, we want, you asked me to connect last weekend and I couldn't because I was doing the Reiki second degree Reiki attunements, uh, last weekend. So I feel so amazing. I have to tell you this, the Reiki attunement getting initiated into this has made me open up my creativity even more. And it's given me more of a meditation practice. I mostly use the Reiki on myself, my family, my friends. I'm not really doing clients right now. Although another Reiki master that I met through this has given me a massage table so I can take clients eventually. I can see <laughs> yeah. that. Yes. And um, not only has it opened me up in that way energetically, but more creativity has been coming through. Like almost like I'm a channel right now for all of this creative energy and I just have all of these ideas. So I make my own candles. It's just been a hobby of mine for a couple of years that I make my own candles, my own spell candles, uh, my own meditation candles. I put crystals and herbs in them and I uh, sent them with essential oils and they're just for me. But something came up where a friend of mine was like, hey, there's these holistic markets that are going to be happening once a month from May to November. And I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be selling my crochet. My friend does crocheting. Um, and she makes these really amazing crochet creations. And she's like, Hey, do you want to split a table with me so that the cost isn't so high and you can sell your candles and just see how it works out? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> why not? Like, I don't, for me, that coming up is such a blessing because like I said, I'm a stay at home mom. This is my job. I don't necessarily make my own money. And that is something that I, that's, I've never not made my own money. I've always made my own money. So for me, it's like, not only do I get to be creative, but maybe I could sell some of my, my creations and I can, I can find more stuff that I'm creating. So I create also my own body butters and my own shampoos and conditioners. Like I basically, I'm always in the kitchen. I'm a little bit of a kitchen witch, even though it's not with food. It's more, it's more with like DIY, like body butters, our lotions, all our, my whole family uses the body butter that I make. We never buy anything besides supplies to make the things. And also my own cleaners and stuff like that. I'm like, you know what? I could just make a whole bunch one weekend while my husband's home and just have that as a stock and see what sells. And maybe I could turn that into a business. Oh my gosh. You know what? <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't interrupt you because you actually brought up why I started thinking of you as a witchy mama, because this is so who you are, like <laughs> little potions. And I love that your story comes full circle. We're talking about creativity and motherhood and being a stay-at-home mom, and it seems like you're on this organic, kind of like a mystery, like a little just spiritual adventure where you're following the signs and clues and staying open to synchronicity. I can hear the excitement in your voice, and that is yes. a great place to be because there's no preconceived 
pressure. It has to be this thing. You're just sort of like, well, let's go with the flow and let's go. Let's see what, let's see what happens. See what, you know, the universe wants to give me, I'll give the universe whatever it wants. And then whatever it gives back, like I'm blessed no matter what, I don't have to go to work. I don't have to make my own money, but this is just something that I feel called to do. And now with the second degree Reiki, I can because I am initiated in second degree, I can actually Reiki infuse all my products with the power symbol, which will make the Reiki just that much more powerful. And I've already made candles doing Reiki when I was after my first degree. And they're just so much more powerful because I make my, I make my own candles to use for spells. Like I do a lot of candle magic. I'm a Leo sun aries rising i like fire (laughs) so i use a lot of candles in my house in my in my magic and another thing is i do like a gratitude thank you lighting a candle in the morning i actually got that from you i think yeah that's Um, one of my favorite simple simple spells yes and and that's actually gratitude is my word of the year this year and it's come so full circle for me, every, every word I pick every year just is like in your face. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's such a cool, pra- I love these things that seem so simple and they yes. end up taking you on a ride. It's like yes. deceptively simple. <laughs> um, so I do, I totally have to run now, but I want to make sure that people who are just like, I like her, I'm feeling her. I too am a witchy mama. I want to point them where they can connect with you on social media, even though you're not super active, you never know. Somebody just might feel called to reach out. Yes, definitely reach out. My Instagram and Twitter, I think are both private, but just uh, follow me be- request because I I add people all the time. I just have it private because I just don't like to have it public so that anyone, just anyone can see it. Right, right. <laughs> but Instagram, I, I think I'm a Lee C, uh, but it's U H H period L E E period S E E period U H. So my name is Alicia. People don't get it right. I was, I never got your name right in the beginning. I would like to stare at it and get so nervous. Like I, cause it's just Alicia, but you you look at it and you're like, Alicia, Alisa. Yes. Yeah. Don't worry. You are not the only one and you will not be the last. (laughs) And then on Twitter, I'm only on Instagram and Twitter. I don't have Facebook. So Twitter, I'm at Lise Laguaro. Just link to it because I don't want to spell it. I'll I'll, I'll link. link. Okay. And then we have to ask the same Yes. always that I love to ask. And that is, what is one tip you have for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? Okay. So full circle, my word of the year, gratitude. Find a gratitude practice. It has changed my life considerably. I know it sounds so cliche to say, find a gratitude practice that works for you, but Seriously, find a gratitude practice that works for you. I have many gratitude practices that I weave throughout my day. So like I said, in the, in the morning, light a candle. Just say thank you. It takes 30 seconds. <laughs> gratitude journaling. I don't do that all of the time, but every once in a while I will. If it works for you, do that. 
praying, pray to whatever that you believe in. Even if you're just praying to your higher self or yourself, pray and just say, thank you. Thank you for giving me this day. Thank you for showing me the way. Thank you for giving me the clarity that I need (laughs) and the wisdom to get through this thing that I'm going through. Just say thank you and have gratitude and live from that place because it will truly change your life. Yes. When you said find a gratitude practice that works, to me, it works when you are feeling the gratitude in the moment. It's an, it's an opening. It's saying yes, yes yes to life and life Mm -hmm. will respond in kind, which is so cool. And I just have to quickly tack on a little trick for people who are not feeling like if you keep a gratitude journal and you don't feel connected, if you're just listing 10 things that you're grateful for, try at the end to write because, and then get into why you're grateful. It can change everything. It's really useful. Yes. Yes. I have done that. And that is, it's, it's more than just writing out those 10 things. It really makes you think of why are you grateful for this? Yeah. You want to get into a feeling state is what the practice is for. I love that. This was so fun. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm so honored and I will connect with you more on Discord. And that is my interview with Alicia. And no, I do not ever, ever ask a patron of the month to promote my Patreon. That's actually not the point, but I appreciate that she did. And we have a little Discord community that is attached to the Patreon. It actually assigns you to different channels by tier, which is pretty cool. So you can have topical conversations. It reminds me of like a private Twitter, which I really love. But the whole point of bringing someone like Alicia on the podcast is, I say this all the time, but I'm saying it again. It's to highlight the wisdom and the magic and the creativity that we all have. Someone doesn't have to be a thought leader or put themselves forth as an influencer to have something important to say. And by important, I mean something that rings true for some people. Some people might want to hear from a witchy mama who is now excited about being a Reiki master. Funny enough, on Patreon, I was recently talking about Reiki and how I paid money to go get a Reiki session at a popular place here in Los Angeles, and I felt nothing. I felt nothing. I felt a little bit like Andy Kaufman, like uh, Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman in Man in the Moon when he goes down to Mexico, South America somewhere, for this miracle cure because I think he has cancer and you see him waiting in line to be healed by this healer and he catches a glimpse of the healer using sleight of hand and pulling like a chicken liver out of the person's body to make them believe that he has pulled the cancer from their body and at that point he loses hope. And I actually thought about that moment when I had the Reiki and I thought about I just spent a lot of money to be here, and this just feels like a lot of theater to me. And I'm not saying that Reiki doesn't work, and I'm not saying that Reiki isn't real. That was just an experience that I shared on 
Patreon. So I'm excited that Alicia came on and explained what Reiki has done for her and that it was actually journaling and looking at how her life has changed since getting Reiki that she was able to identify what it had done for her. And I actually do believe in the theater of magic. I do believe that if somebody is claiming to pull cancer out of your body and they are using a chicken liver to give it like a visual theatrical effect, if you believe it, if you buy into it, if you're watching that and you're like, whoa, my God, that was inside of me, I believe strongly in the power of our own minds and imaginations to heal our bodies. The placebo effect has been well documented. It's a fascinating wormhole if you ever want to go down some of the studies that have been done around the placebo effect. But if you believe that that is happening, if your mind accepts that as having happened, your body very well may follow. And I think that's fascinating. Just a little aside, it's April 1st. Happy April Fool's Day. I hope y'all are being nice to each other. Some pranks are so mean. A pet peeve that I have, I'm just going to ramble here for a minute because I can, because this podcast is so late. It is almost three o'clock here. (laughs) I'm surrounded by weed whackers and lawnmowers, but April Fool's prank or just a prank that people play on each other at Christmas and on their birthdays, and this makes it onto YouTube and America's Funny Videos is something that's so hilarious is they'll give somebody a fake lottery ticket. And the way people react to finding out that they just won $10,000 is so dramatic. Sometimes they cry. Some of the times the people look like they're very poor and in need of this money. And then everybody else in the room is laughing at them for getting excited and getting their hopes up. That breaks my heart. I feel like those trick lottery tickets should only be for people who are so obscenely wealthy that $10,000 means nothing to them. Because I know what it means when you really need it. So (laughs) there's this interesting trend now in kindness and paying kindness forward on April Fool's Day instead of making a fool out of your friend, making your friend just like that slight humiliation that April Fool's Day used to be about. And I, I think I'm for that trend. I think it's all right. I don't mind an innocent little April Fool's joke, but nothing that's going to get somebody's hopes up in a really real way or absolutely terrify them, even for 30 seconds. That ain't funny. That ain't funny. It ain't funny. And it ain't going to be funny if I'm up late finishing this podcast. So I'm going to wrap it up now. Thank you so much for hanging out with me here. I hope you enjoyed this. Happy spring. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, happy fall. And until we meet again, much love to you. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.